and welcome back to Travel Minded, the podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by Brooke Martin, who is the founder of the Brooke Blend and has turned her passion for wine into a thriving business where she shares that passion with others through content creation, wine tastings and storytelling through her blog. Brooke's goal is to always keep things light, fun and approachable. She is a certified sommelier through the WSET with a level three and has continued to focus on learning and studying all things wine. In her free time, Brooke enjoys spending time with her family, staying active with running and she loves spending time in her garden on the weekends. She is also likely to be at a sports event or watching one at home with a glass of wine in hand. On the episode, we discuss her career with the Brook Blend and travelling to wineries across the world. I actually came across your profile on Instagram. I think it must have been through one of the reels that you did about wine. And I was like, she loves wine. She loves travelling for wine. I've got to get her on the podcast. (laughs) Yes. So as a wine broker, that kind of came after I had started the Brook Blend. So um, when I started the Brook Blend, it really was just a passion project. Um, I needed something that was fun. At the time, I had a really stressful corporate job. And I loved wine. So I'm like, I'm just going to start this blog and talk about wine. And it over the years, it grew into a lot more than um, just a hobby. And then once I made it into a business, I also wanted to become a wine broker because in Utah, Utah is one of the states that um, it's their liquor laws are state controlled, which means it's very difficult to get um, certain alcohol or it can be difficult to get certain wines into the state of Utah. And you can't just go to a grocery store like in other states and get a bottle of wine. You have to go to one of the state run liquor or wine stores to get wine. So the purpose of becoming a wine broker is to work with boutique and smaller wineries, um, those quality wines that I love and getting them into the state of Utah that where, where they normally wouldn't have that access. So I'm trying to, that was kind of the main point of getting that license uh, to be a wine broker. I love that. And is it quite hard to get a license? No, it's, it's not, Um, you know, you just apply for it, you have to pass the background checks, things like that. Um, But it's, for me, I'm still trying to build that part of my business. It's, um, it's kind of a process to try to get wines into the state of Utah. So it's a lot of grinding and just working with the state and getting applications in and um, really just building a relationship with um, the DABS, uh, which is the Department of Alcohol Beverage Services here in Utah. Um, So I think that's been the most difficult part is just trying to get that part of my business kind of up and running. Absolutely. So when you say you work with boutique kind of wineries and smaller brands, do you at the moment focus more stateside or is that looking at completely across the world? 
Yeah. So um, not in Utah. I mean, I we do have a few wineries in southern Utah, but um, the the connections and relationships that I have with wineries, the majority of them are in California. Um, but I do have relationships with wineries in Chile. Um, I've, I mean, I've been all over the world to visit wineries. Um, and each time I make these connections, these networking opportunities. And um, so, yeah, that's, I would say the majority of the ones that I work with are California wineries. Yeah. And that's interesting because that's what I've read on your website. That that's kind of where the journey kind of began with you then yeah. deciding that actually that was where you wanted to start taking your career. So you went mm -hmm. on your honeymoon to California and then the rest is history. Yeah, it was um, a long time ago. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to like tell my age, but um, yeah, we I went on my honeymoon to Napa, first time to any wine country. And I just fell in love with everything about it. Uh, the wine, the, the landscape, the, the stories, the stories that all the wineries and back then um, you had, uh, because this was close to 20 years ago, back then you had winemakers that were actually pouring the wine for you, telling you the story of the winery. And I just, I just fell in love with it. So on the way back to the airport, I, I looked over at my husband and I said, we are coming back here every single year. And we did. And that's really kind of where my spark, like, my love for wine started. And then, you know, fast forward, quite a few years before I started the Brook Blend. I started that in 2016. And that's really when I got serious about wine and um, started learning more about wine, where I um, got my certification through the, the WSET level three to kind of back up, mm -hmm. you know, have some education and not just be like, oh, I like wine. And, you know, I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about. So that's really when I, I really became serious about wine is back in 2016. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's important to reference the educational side of it, because actually so many people probably love wine, or they have their preference as to what type of alcohol they love. So a lot mm -hmm. of people would probably quite quickly be like, oh, actually, yeah, why not? use that as a career to kind of take the next steps but yeah. in terms of the education what type of topics do you cover for those subjects is that looking at the history or kind of more is it the history type? well it's everything so um the way the w set works is um there's a level one two three and then diploma which is Essentially, you're thinking that that level is like, think of it as having like a master's degree in wine. That would be the diploma program. But um, level three, you have to study um, wines of the world, all over the world. Um, so different varietals, how wine is made. Um, they, they, you do a blind tasting with a white wine and a red wine. So you have to pass that part 
of the exam. There's a theory part of the exam where it's written. It's not just multiple choice. So there's um, a lot of different aspects mm -hmm. and different areas that you're studying that have to do with wine. That's interesting. I bet yeah. it was really interesting to study as well. It, it was. It was stressful. <laughs> I mean, it was... Um, I'm kind of one of those overachievers. So when I, I set my mind to something, I, I don't want to just pass. I want to actually pass and do well. And um, so it was months of studying. It was very stressful, honestly. I, I wish I could have enjoyed it a little bit more. But because how my brain works, I just wanted to not only study it and know it, but do really well on the exam. So Absolutely. How long did it take you to complete? Um, normally the program for level three, I believe it's about four months, but I gave myself a couple additional months of study time. Um, you can schedule when you want to take the exam after you've taken the course. Um, so I, I pushed it out a little bit so that I could have that extra study time. So it was about six months total for me. Yeah, that's not bad. That's doable. Yeah, it's yeah. not terrible. And I, I I'm, you know, I think about going back and doing the diploma program. It is quite the, um, you really have to dedicate some time to that one. It's uh, at least two years. Wow. And there's, yeah, it's a lot more uh, studying and depth to what you're studying. So I kind of go back and forth. Do I really want to do that? But, I mean, I'd love to do it, but it is definitely a time commitment. Yeah, you never know. See where the future yeah. kind of takes you. You yeah. never know what direction you could go into. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of linking the wine side to traveling, is that one of the biggest influences as to where you decide to go traveling? Yes, um, especially now, because where I've grown my business, I, I have so many more opportunities now to travel um, because of different press trips or influencer trips yeah. <laughs> um, or just like last or not last year. Well, last year is when we purchased them, but um, I found these great flights to South Africa and I was like, okay, we can't pass this up. So yeah. my husband and I just this past January went to South Africa to Stellenbosch and um so I, I do have a lot more opportunity to travel to different wine regions that are new to me. And it has just been, it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I guess if it was, if it was like a leisurable trip and you're going um, with maybe family or you're going with your husband or friends, do you find that you're then kind of still in a bit of work mode where you're wanting to try out wineries and you're trying to maybe have those conversations with boutique wine kind of owners? Yeah. And, and that's the, I guess the difficult part of my job is sometimes it's hard to keep that balance. Um, the perfect example of that is the uh, South Africa trip that we just took in January. That was supposed to just be a leisure um, vacation, just that my husband and I. But then one of the brands, um, PR firms that I've worked with before in the past that um, works with wines in South Africa 
um, they saw that I was going. So then they're like, well, hey, we can help out with a few things if you want to do a few things. So it ended up being a little bit of work with the leisure. Um, I, I have to really be careful with that because I, especially with family, like I don't want to take away from that mm -hmm. time and those experiences. So it, it can be hard sometimes to balance balance that. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess when you're traveling with family, what's your favorite thing to do? Well, we love the beach. So um, usually if it's a family vacation, we are somewhere um, where there's a beach. We just got back from Puerto Rico. So um, we, we just love the outdoors and um, the beach. <laughs> so that's usually what we're doing if it's a family vacation. And if it's near a wine region, that's just kind of a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it isn't always, but sometimes it is. Oh, Puerto Rico's on my list. It looks incredible. Had you been before? No, no, it was our first time and it, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful island. They are, there's areas that are still trying to rebuild from the hurricane that they had a few years ago, but um, overall, we just had a great time. They have a rainforest there. Yeah. And I highly recommend if you ever go, make sure you do the rainforest, um, check out their castles in Old Town San Juan. That was really fun too. Oh, that sounds amazing. So where has been your favorite place to visit? It's a really hard question to just pick. I know. <laughs> I, I I was thinking about that. I'm like, gosh, how do I answer that? Because when you travel, you kind of fall in love with that area for the reasons why that area is so amazing, right? And with wine regions, they're all so unique in their own way. But a couple that really stand out to me, if I were to have to say, okay, what were some of those favorite moments, those favorite trips? Um, when I went to Chile in uh, April to work harvest, that I just have so many wonderful memories from that trip. Um, I, I was able to work harvest, but I also, they have this barrel program, barrage how they say it, um, where I was able to make my own barrel wow. and yeah, wine barrel. And I put my name on the little top and everything, and they're going to fill it with wine. And hopefully, uh, fingers crossed in about three years, I'm going to go back down and taste the wine that's in my barrel. So that really is one that kind of stands out, um, another wine region that is just so spectacular that you you're there and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe how beautiful this is, is Mosul, Germany. Just uh, the, the steep hillsides with the, the vineyards going up. It, it's just, it's beautiful. So I, I was in Germany just in June and um, that was an amazing, amazing trip as well. Yeah, those both sound amazing. I haven't been to either, so maybe I have to start doing tours around wineries. <laughs> you've got, you were like, you're in London then, right? Yeah. You are just, you're so close to so many amazing wine regions. Exactly. And we have a few based in the UK, which, yeah. are, I mean, they're great, but I think 
there's something about going to slightly different places where, like you mm -hmm. said before, there's more history and you can find out more about kind of the local aspects as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What about, have, do you like your sparkling wine in uh, England? Because yeah. I hear it's so good. I haven't tried any yet. I need to. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I absolutely love just trying all aspects of wine, but I guess more importantly, a question for you is what would be kind of your top tips of look at, what's the best tips for looking at vineyards and wineries what is the best thing for people to look out for well um i mean that's a hard question to answer just because everybody's so different and some people might be looking for something very specific when it comes to a winery maybe they just are going for the views you know so having a nice ambiance and um aesthetics is always nice but that's not the first thing i look for in a winery i'm there for the wine i want it to be a quality well-balanced wine so for me that's most important um hearing the stories so i really do love when i have the opportunity when wineries have the winemaker mm -hmm. that is there to help tell the story or somebody that's part of the family that's telling the history and the story of the winery. Um, and sometimes I go into these tiny little wineries that, you know, they don't have these big, spacious, beautiful uh, tasting rooms. And that's okay because, yeah, that's nice. That's nice to have. Um, it makes the experience that more, I guess, um, elevated. But for me, I don't necessarily need that um to make it a great experience for me it's um about the wine the people the story um but yeah it's going to be different for everybody really yeah that's very true and one thing i did want to mention on the episode as well is you do virtual wine tasting so tell us more about how you run those so through zoom and um i Honestly, I'd love to do more of them. I, um, again, I'm like a one woman show, so I, I don't even have an assistant yet. So for me, I need to just dedicate more time to advertising that I do those type of um, tastings. Recently, I just did one in person with um, a health company, health group company, which was so fun. So, um, they are going to, those type of tastings that I do, what's fun about it is they're all so different. Like it's going to depend on what the group is looking for. So the one that I just recently did in person, um, they, they wanted kind of just the basics. Like tell us the basics about wine and let's taste through a couple whites, a couple reds, and we threw, I threw in a rosé. And as we um, would go through the basics, you know, okay, look at the color. Look at the color of the wine. What, is, what does that tell us? Um, why do we swirl wine? Um, okay, now let's sip it. Right, what kind of notes are you getting? And then, or smell it and then sip it. So, um, but there's going to be times where I may get like a bachelorette party and they want to do something just fun and different. Like, oh, let's just 
taste drink wines, the wine. <laughs> drink some wine and talk like French wines or whatever. So yeah, um, that's what's great about those virtual tastings and in-person tastings is whatever that group wants me to talk about, that's what I will prepare and get ready for them and and get the right wines, most yeah, importantly, absolutely. that they want to drink. Yeah, I love that. And it's great to hear that you do them in person as well. I was going to ask if maybe kind of in years to come, maybe your goal would be to go to different places across the world and do in-person wine tastings oh, yeah. and those type of That'd events. We've got to dream big. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That would be amazing for sure. <laughs> no, absolutely. And also I wanted to touch on, because on your About You on the blogs, you do also do a lot of sports don't you and you've previously done marathons which is I guess slightly different to us talking about wine but I, the reason I wanted to mention it is I guess it's taking you some different places and been a different way to experience places so how have you found doing those marathons yeah <laughs> so um I haven't done a marathon in quite a few years but when i was really in the grind of it and doing them on a regular basis i loved it it's and like you said it does i got i got to the point where i i traveled to a few different places um Cal oh one of the ones i did was um from sonoma to napa wow it was that one was a half marathon but that was really fun to like run through the vineyards um and you're like wanting to pick up the wine as you go I, yeah well what's funny is at i think mile 12 i think they had wine that you Amazing. could have and i'm like oh my gosh that's like the last thing i want like at the end of a run but i didn't end up having any i waited till the end of the race but um yeah marathons it's a, it's a, you got to dedicate some time to those but I, I really enjoyed it when I was doing them. Um, now that I'm getting a little older, like my hips ache and my <laughs> knee hurts. So I run just enough now to kind of just stay in shape. Yeah, but how about maybe you be the event planner for doing a event wine marathon? You never know. Oh, yeah. Then you can just watch people. You can provide the goods. And then... I'm all over that, yes. Uh, sign me up <laughs> absolutely so kind of travel wise where else is on your bucket list and that oh could be God. work wise but also maybe personal and kind of leisurable wise yeah I my bucket list that I would love to do in the next few years is Australia and New Zealand mm -hmm. I um there's just when I studied these these wine regions i just was like oh i gotta get there i've got to experience it in person someday so that i think is my focus that's where i'd like my next big trip to be uh, to a wine region is new zealand and australia um i'm always <laughs> france is just there's so many different parts and wine regions in France and I've only hit just a couple of them so I would love to get to France and hit the Rhone, um, Champagne, Southern France, uh, Provence, 
just there's so many areas in France that I'd like to get to that I haven't Absolutely. hit yet. No, yeah. those sound great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so lovely talking to you. And I guess my final um, question or topic to cover is, is there anything else upcoming that you'd like to tell our listeners about? Um, well, as far as like travel, I've, I've got a couple trips coming up this fall uh, to California, a couple different areas. And um I, I love harvest. It, it really is like my favorite time of year as far as wine, my business goes. Uh, so I, I don't know that I'll have the opportunity this year to work harvest. Well, I did in Chile, but this fall um, here in the States, I don't know if that will happen, but um, you never know. Things yeah, come up all the know. time. So, yeah. Absolutely. No, that sounds great. Well, what we'll do is we'll put a link to your website as well. So if people are interested in finding out more and also your Instagram as well, because you have some very good tips on there. And that's a good thing with reels that they're so quick and it doesn't take long to watch, but you can also yeah. get some good tips. <laughs> yeah, I try to I, I try to do that. I, I, I want it to be educational. I want people when they visit my website or my Instagram to get something out of it. So I'm glad yeah. that you noticed that they're they're out there, those tips. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the reel that I actually found you on was the one where you were dressed up as a, is it a unicorn? Or oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, those have taken off, so I've got to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But people like stuff that are different and also tips as well. And wine is a very relatable topic as well. <laughs> Yeah, I try to keep it fun, genuine. Um, wine can kind of be a little stuffy and serious at times, and I don't think it needs to be. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at TravelMindedOfficial. Officers Abroad was founded in 2019, and is led by myself, Michael Polak, a trained barrister and expert in international law and assistance. Justice Abroad operates to ensure that people who travel overseas for work or pleasure can be confident that if anything goes wrong, there'll be someone ready to help them. We are seeing an increasing number of cases across the world where people find themselves in trouble and we've been asked to assist. Justice Abroad has a team of top investigators, lawyers around the world, and support staff available to provide unparalleled support. Many people when traveling have an attitude of, it'll never happen to me. And then when something does go wrong, they feel helpless with nowhere to turn. Anyone travelling for any purpose should be aware of the issues that could arise and be prepared to get in touch with us should something go wrong. We currently have cases in Greece, China, Thailand, Somalia, Myanmar, Cyprus, Spain, Vietnam and many other countries around the globe. The increased number of cases which are coming to us proves how frequently travellers can find themselves in trouble, often as a victim of crime or accused of offences they did not commit. Usually travel insurance will not cover you for assistance and advice with legal problems overseas. And even where they do, the assistance can prove ineffectual and not practical. At Justice Abroad, we have an extremely hands-on approach that allows our clients to feel assured that we will deal with every aspect of their situation and ensure they have the best possible outcome. We're Justice Abroad, and we're here when you need us.